Jane K Podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off your entire order from CollarAndElbowBrand.com. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here back on the JK Podcast. What's up, guys? Of course, proud partner of thegrillposition.com and in part of the Aurora Network. Now, another week has come and gone here, Carl, and um, some kind of changes kind of uh, happening here with us. As you first heard, new intro music, first of all, but at the end of the episode... We're going to do something a little bit different. Yeah, guys, what we're going to do here is we're changing things up just a little bit when it comes to the podcast for you guys. We decided that things were starting to get a little bit old and we wanted to change things around for you guys. So we got new intro music. We have got an exclusion of our um, sound clip that we usually do. But what we're going to do for you guys is every once in a while, we're going to give you a special sound clip if something really cool comes up with our sponsors. Mm-hmm. I do want to take a moment to talk about our sponsors right now before I tell you guys about our big announcement that's happening. So our sponsors, we've got CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Pro Wrestling Fashion is what is happening with that. Our buddy Al Snow has gone and created this amazing pro wrestling brand called CollarAndElbowBrand.com. And we are the first Collar and Elbow brand sponsored podcast. And we are happy to be part of that family. Guys, go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Any purchase that you make there, whether it's brand new, like their new Ouija board t-shirt for Halloween time, or whether it is something from their clearance section, make sure you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off. As well, for all of you vapers out there, like myself, you can check out HypeCityVapors.com. They have six amazing original flavors there for your vaping needs, as well as they do have four different Nick Salts vape juices there as well. So you guys can go and check out HypeCityVapors.com and use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get yourselves an amazing 15% off. Now moving forward, we want to let you guys know that we are going to be doing something at the end of our episodes every week going forward. We are calling this our show stopper segment. Obviously, that is, you know, part of my favorite wrestler, Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Taking a little bit from him, we want to make sure that we acknowledge Shawn Michaels and everything that he has done for the pro wrestling business since he started. And we are going to continue on that legacy of the name The Showstopper by having ourselves a showstopper segment at the end of every episode. That's right. And we are not going to give away what it is yet. You're going to have to tune in to the end of the episode to find out what it is that we're going to talk about for that segment. That's right. So kicking off here with the first topic here, Carl... WWE is kind of a strange beast these days. And, uh, you know, with recently, the, this uh, last week on Raw, 
they managed somehow to beat their lowest viewership a number of all time again. But um, little kind of little spots, little hints at uh, kind of greatness that seemingly kind of rarely happen these days. And uh, recently it involved Leo Rush appearing on Raw. That's right. Just so that you guys kind of understand WWE, they with Nelson Media and stuff like that, they always go through and they they check and see how viewership was. <laughs> now, viewership this week was the lowest viewership that they have had all year, beating out their previous <laughs> lower viewership. So, I don't know what's really happening and what's going on with the WWE right now. I don't know whether it's storyline, whether it's, you know, who they're they're showing on TV or what's going on, but they had their lowest viewership this past Monday night yep. on Monday Night Raw. Now you mentioned Leo Rush, an amazing guy who was in 205 Live and has made his way to the main roster. He is still working 205 Live, to my understanding, but he has come over and to work with one Bobby Lashley. So he he's essentially become Bobby Lashley's uh, manager, which amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it right now. They have this uh, little feud going on with a couple of different people. We're looking uh, uh, Elias. Uh, and Kevin Owens, uh, this this little bit of a uh, tuffle that's going on between the two of them, or between the four of them, let's yep. say, right? And we're getting to see Leo Rush go in there and do his amazing jumps and his flips and his turns and his everything that he does to be able to showcase a little bit of that. Um, just super happy with seeing Leo Rush right now. If I could make a comparison to the Ring of Honor roster, Leo Rush... A little bit smaller than this guy, but it's, it's almost kind of like WD's version of Flip Gordon. Yeah. Right? Uh, Leo's very, very athletic. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what how this all kind of unfolds. You know, maybe him against Kevin Owens or something would be really cool to see. But it, it seems like what could possibly be in the works is with the 205 Live thing. Is that I could potentially see this merging together with NXT and becoming a two-hour show. Because there's a lot of those guys on NXT that would qualify for 205 live so i think that that could be a good thing going forward to kind of not necessarily condense but i think you know kind of concentrate the two shows together and turn it into a two-hour program definitely that is a possibility that could happen it's uh, something that we're gonna have to wait and see but like you said there are are a lot of guys that would qualify for that and uh, it would be amazing to be able to have maybe a two-hour 205 live that would be able to showcase these guys a little bit more instead of just having them at a uh, little bit of a mid-card level now kind of going forward a little bit here we're talking about uh, wwe's lowest viewership uh of the year right now and then we kind of mentioned leo rush um we're we're, we're kind of getting at here is the possibility that maybe leo rush can help maybe grow the numbers for monday night raw with more people you know, using word of mouth and going around and saying, dude, did you watch Monday Night Raw? You didn't. You missed Leo Rush. Wow, you need to really check out next week's Raw or go back and watch this week's Raw to be able to see Leo Rush. Mm -hmm. Do you think, Joe, that Leo Rush will be the only name that can try to help this? Uh, I hope not. 
My biggest fear with this right now is, again, just looking at the WWE as a whole right now, the, the really cool ideas like this seem to be so few and far between. But, you know, I'm optimistic that, you know, hopefully the right person will, will kind of see the trends going on. Because as we, I know that we've mentioned before, right now, independent wrestling, I don't want to call it indie wrestling, and I know you don't like that term. Independent <laughs> wrestling is the talk of the wrestling business, and that approach is obviously working for everybody else. And I think WWE needs to, to take some notes from this and apply it to their current product. I'm really hoping that this is honestly going to be the start of that. I hope that uh, somebody somebody within the WWE can really uh, notice this trend that's happened. And I know that they have. I'm 100%. I know that names like Triple H, you know, BG James, you know, it, like, like these guys have really noticed the uh, boom when it comes to independent wrestling and promotions that have you know been out there like ring of honor and uh, new japan pro uh, and not even so much that they are independent promotions but they're smaller promotions but they're using independent talents to be able to really boost their their ratings and boost what people are getting and seeing mm -hmm. and i think that if the wwe really starts to use the independent names that they have now out in the WWE universe, whether it's on NXT or 205 Live, and really bring them over to the main roster like they have with Leo Rush right now, we could possibly see an increase in the viewership for Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown Live. Absolutely. I think there's a potential for that you know, with that approach. And, you know, this kind of needs, leads nicely into a, actually a topic that I think I was, we we're looking at possibly discussing later in the show here, but it's leaning quite nicely into this. Could another potential issue here, and we've hinted at this before on the podcast, Carl, that maybe WWE doesn't have any competition anymore. And should say like a, uh, you know, in our, our, Guess from last week, Tony, because you know, hinted at this, and I've been thinking about it, and I, I definitely see the potential that maybe like a Mark Cuban or one of these billionaires that are into professional wrestling, like Mark Cuban is, to put some money behind maybe like a partnership of uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, or NWA, and provide a strong number two again to push WWE to be more edgy to to be a little bit more creative. Because you know, my opinion, and I've stated this before, uh, right now, especially. The numbers on Raw show show this that WWE's in coasting mode because they don't have a strong number two competitor. Hundred percent, I fully agree. Not that we really want to see like a Monday Night War really come back to fruition. I mean, I don't want to see that at all because no. that was done. It was great when it happened, but I do want to see some competition. Now you're mentioning names like Mark Cuban um, because that's a name that that was mentioned before to us. Mm -hmm. um, one name that I kind of think of is Stephen Amell. Mm. Right, we've got this guy, this actor from Toronto who is, you know, the main character on the TV show Arrow. Yep. Now, he has been in the ring three times now. Mm -hmm. He has had two tag team match wins and one singles competition loss. But why couldn't we have somebody like Stephen Amell or a Mark Cuban? Mm -hmm. We're kind of seeing it a little bit with... Um, Billy Corgan. Yes, Billy yes, Corgan. With the NWA. Yes, with yeah. the NWA. Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. Billy Corgan kind of came in and, you know, 
through money and, and at the NWA and said, I want to be part of this. I want to be involved in this, you know, and, and, and look at what, how the NWA has really come back mm-hmm. from almost seemingly being in, in the dark and nobody really paying any attention to the NWA to now they're having their 70th anniversary show and it's huge talks right now. And the 10 pounds of gold videos that they've been doing, like, I mean, all of that is stuff that Billy Corgan has really kind of brought forward and said, let's use this stuff. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's put it out there. So I think, yeah, definitely seeing, you know, even a couple of, let's say million billionaires, uh, come together and say, Let's all bring this into one. We'll keep everything separate, but every three months or so, we'll have these huge, big shows that have Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, uh, NWA, Lucha Underground, having all of these, plus bringing in independent stars from different promotions from around the country or from around the world together to have this huge show every three months is really going to put a, a fire underneath the WWE's rear end and have them kind of go, wow, we, we really need to step things up here because they're doing better numbers than we are. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, the danger and the potential is always there to have a repeat of the WCW thing. You know, as long as, you know, that the billionaire, that figurehead isn't, you know, handing control over to the wrong people. As we saw what happened with WCW, Eric Bischoff did a good job getting some attention went up, but then kind of letting... You know, to use that expression, letting the inmates kind of run the asylum and, and letting the talent call too much of the shots, you know, yeah. figure a poke of doom and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to travel down that path again. So, you know, NWA, uh, Billy Corgan, obviously, you know, still allowing, still letting the right people kind of run things and whatnot. So it's being done well there. You know, and another thing that, uh, that I saw actually are... Our friends over at uh, Going Home, Ryan and Mike, have mentioned, uh, you know, with the success of All In, you know, the obvious success and, and how amazing that that was and the impact that it had could code in the young bucks with their contracts coming up soon maybe start their own promotion as well i have yeah yeah definitely i mean that's something that is a huge possibility um i i haven't listened to their episode so i'm not exactly sure exactly what they went through and talked about but uh, on my end and and thoughts on that is I hope not. They've really got an amazing thing going with the promotions that they're in right now. And yes, promotions, not just one, but they're in several promotions that the, the names that they have, you know, Cody and the young bucks, you know, the, the name itself is drawing lots of people to Mm. come and see these shows. So now are they going to have time to still promote and do these different shows on these different companies if they have their own. I think it would really take away from, you know, the the work that they're doing with New Japan and with Ring of Honor and with, you know, all these other promotions that they're working with that I think it might hurt as opposed to be good. It's, it's, an exciting time to, to, to be a wrestling fan, you know, especially outside of WWE, like our guest Tony Gazina said last week. You know, two big shots were fired recently to really show that there's there's something in the air. 
that's all in selling out in Chicago and the combination of Ring of Honor, New Japan selling out Madison Square Garden. Yes. Okay. The combination of those two things happening is independent wrestling is really coming to the forefront now and it's it's going to be exciting to see where it goes. A lot of partnerships, people working together. The, the sky is the limit. But as we mentioned before, you know, these guys don't necessarily need to compete with WWE as their own separate entity now. In my opinion, you know, they're sports entertainment and everybody else is doing just professional wrestling. So, you know, there's no necessarily to, to try and compete with them on the same level because obviously you really can't at this point. No. But to just kind of be your own thing and forge your own path, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, what kind of partnerships can form. And I mean, we're just going to benefit as, as wrestling fans. Again, again, coming out of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view that happened, I saw lots of tweets and Facebook posts and Instagram posts of people going, this is the worst. I don't know why I continue to put myself through this and watch this. It's all just a joke. You know, all of these different uh, things that people are saying. And I think that if Cody and the Young Bucks and, uh, you know, the Bullet Club and, you know, SoCal Uncensored and all of these different you know, factions and groups and individuals within New Japan Pro and within Ring of Honor really put their noses to the grindstone and keep on keeping on mm-hmm. as they have been doing. Yep. People are really going to start to gravitate more towards that because they're looking for professional wrestling as opposed to entertainment and reality television. Yep. And it's already happening. Now, speaking of Cody, uh, this kind of kind of weaves nicely into what we want to talk about. He had a recent um, interaction with somebody on Twitter. He we did. I'm, I'm not going to mention the the uh, the person um, who made the, the comment here, but I will read the person's comment first. Uh, this person on Twitter had tagged Cody Rhodes and the John Report, uh, and he says, the crowds think they're awesome, but really they are the problem in wrestling. And Cody Rhodes actually um, not just retweeted, but retweeted and quoted that person's comment. And Cody Rhodes's response was, the crowds are never the problem, ever. They could have a thousand beach balls or not boo the individual they're supposed to. The only thing they're supposed to do is have a good time and it's our job to find out how to engage them and keep engaging them. Mm-hmm. So huge, huge words from from Cody Rhodes when it comes to, um, you know, re- replying to somebody who's saying that the crowds are the problem in professional wrestling when, you know, you can't blame the crowds. You really can't. Now, this brings up an interesting discussion here because, you know, for the longest time in professional wrestling, and this is the old school wrestling fan in me here, that up until I would say, you know, maybe the, the ruthless aggression era and that kind of area, there was typically a clear cut heel and a clear cut baby or good guy or baby face, however you want to word it. Yep. Now, what he's almost kind of suggesting there is that maybe this should just start kind of happening organically. Like the fans should be the ones deciding who's the heel and the baby face. And I definitely agree to that, but kind of going into it as well. I mean, I still think that rest pro wrestling is at its best when the fans know who the good guy and the bad guy is right from the onset. I, I can, I can kind of agree to an extent, but I don't agree with that. What I look for is, is good professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's two bad guys. 
I don't care if it's two good guys. I don't care if it's a good guy and a bad guy. I don't care. As long as you're going out there, engaging me, making sure that you're putting on a good show, showing me the athleticism that you have, and making me go, holy crap, that was awesome. That's all I care about. Give me some good professional wrestling. I don't care if you're a good guy. I don't care if you're a bad guy. I, I, I really don't care in, in that respect. But to kind of, you know, what you had said there, yeah, I do think that there really should be kind of a good guy and a bad guy. There really should be a clear, definitive who that is. Because if we don't, we're going to run into the issue of bad guy versus bad guy for 16 weeks. And then we're going to have good guy versus good guy for 12 weeks. And then it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, something that's going to become a little bit stale after that. If we really don't have a good storyline as well as a good guy, bad guy interaction. Right. So, Well, the thing is now, too, with the modern day, you know, with the internet and whatnot, uh, the, the crowd, I mean, the crowd know, knows a lot more than they used to and whatnot. And so I think that, you know, the possible, I think the better approach to have these days is to not necessarily force it. And obviously, WWE is very guilty of this of saying, okay, this is who you're going to cheer for and this is who yeah. you're going to boo for, as misguided everything as, as they are kind of picking the ones Roman reads. Um, they really, I think it just need to go for that approach of just send them out there and let the fans decide organically who they think the bad guy and the good guy is and then work off of that. Have that initial idea, but don't force it down people's throat at the very beginning that this is who the good guy and this is who the bad guy is. That used to work before, but now that the audience is more in the know and has just overall changed... That approach, I think, needs to change. And it's it's something that that has changed within the mentality of the professional wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, one of the guys that I, I actually enjoy watching, um, Elias. Mm-hmm. Right? Elias goes out there and he, he'll be, you know, strumming his guitar and, hello, my name is Elias. And you guys don't deserve to hear anything from me. And then they cheer. The crowd cheered because they love Elias, whether it's because he's a bad guy and they're happy about him being a bad guy, which is kind of weird because normally you you cheer for the good guy and you boo the bad guy. When Elias talks, you really don't hear very much booing or anything like that going on. People are loving who the character of Elias is. And it's something that thankfully it doesn't look like the WWE really put their hand into and said, you have to be a bad guy because you're a bad guy. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. They've really kind of allowed Elias to kind of go out there and be this, this heel persona, but yet has got over so well with the crowd that they love him like a stone cold Steve Austin. Exactly. Just, uh, you know, like I said, I think the better approach modern day is to just let, kind of things let the cards let the chips fall as they may and you know don't the mistake of again doing the roman reigns approach where you're so stuck on this one person and trying to do it that way it's that doesn't work these days you need to just let your audience and we see how effective that is on the independence with all in with what's coming up at madison square garden with roh and new japan and the nwa and all that your audience will tell you what they want and then if you give them what they want, they will sell at your venues like that. Oh, and yeah. they will watch your programming. When you see the opposite approach, we see what happens. Monday Night Raw, 
this week lowest rating ever yeah. it's right there the evidence is right there in front of you right yeah so, so having said that now some more WWE conversation and dealing with impact wrestling. Now this is something that there was so much speculation about because they, they had a meeting, the, the, uh, some of the upper management impact went over to Stanford and uh, had a meeting with WWE and people were saying, Oh, this is WWE trying to buy impact again and trying to buy their whole tape library and all this, all the discussion was kind of happening, but there really wasn't really as much going on with this as people were trying to read into. We're not going to tell you who, but we have somebody who is a little bit in the know when it comes to stuff that happens with Impact Wrestling, and we want to bring the news to you guys from this person who is in the know to say that none of that is true. No. Really all WWE is trying to do, and, and I, I will respect them for this approach, is that they just wanted to get their hands on, on or at least the permission to use a little bit of Impact's content to show you know, kind of the history between AJ Styles and Samojo coming up for this next pay-per-view. That's really, really all that was involved here. It shows a really uh, classy and uh, very business-like move when it comes to WWE to take that approach and go to them and say, listen, we know that these two have had amazing feuds down in in your promotion and we would love to be able to use some of your footage. Is that possible? Let's sit down. Let's hash out a deal. Let's figure something out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what uh, they managed to... Uh, I mean, they've showed some Global Wrestling Network content yep. uh, and stuff before, so it's not unheard of. So I think it's just WWE just trying to avoid any legal issues. They're just getting the right permission from the right people. That's really all there is to it. This whole speculation, I think it's really unfounded at this point. I really hope it's not just them trying to get away from legal issues. I hope that it's them actually trying to take an approach of we need to all work together mm-hmm. and by us coming to you yeah. and, you know, talking this out with you, we really hope that we can build a uh, business relationship with you going further into the future to be able to use that, you know, footage or use, you know, your name on our show, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, Impact Wrestling has been doing it for years. They've been dropping double WWE's name when you know like Kurt Angle would come in and you know Hulk Hogan comes in and all these different uh, you know former WWE wrestlers have come into the company right so I think it's just more I hope it's more of just a business relationship building when it comes to this as opposed to them just going well we don't want to get sued by them you know even though we know we'd win because we're the you know Tyrannosaurus Rex conglomerate here um i hope that it's more of a let's have a building business relationship that's what i would hope for you know knowing wwe's past and how they've gone about things before that kind of says to the contrary but yeah. you know hopefully you know there's some maturity there you know and like we mentioned you know whatever everything else that's going on out there in the landscape of professional wrestling that hopefully you know they're taking some hints from that and seeing that you know that there's benefit in partnerships and not just wanting to destroy everybody that's right so before we go to our our, our showstopper segment for this week carl um oddly enough we're going to talk a little bit of Shawn michaels Oh. And him eyeing a possible in-ring return. Now, we know that he's teaming up with Triple H to have a match against Undertaker and Kane. Now, are you a fan of Sean getting back into the ring and actually uh, doing some work here? Now, I, I, I need to find out um, because I have not seen this as of yet. Mm-hmm. Is that a definite? 
as far as I know, that's scheduled to happen at the Australia show. As far as I know. I'm not a fan of that. No. I I 100% am not a fan of that. I know I know that two weeks ago, Shawn Michaels was on Monday Night Raw. He came out there, and The Undertaker came out and interrupted him. And, you know, it was an amazing promo to see, and it was great to see. And, and the whole interaction between the two of them with Shawn Michaels going, you think I stayed away because I'm... I'm scared. I stayed away out of respect for the undertaker. Mm-hmm. Right. And I understand that that's their little in for Shawn Michaels to be able to go out there and, and still save face mm-hmm. by having a match, but I don't like it. Yeah. Shawn Michaels said from the beginning, when he retired, that was going to be it. He was retired yeah. and he has stuck very true to that. He has not gone out and done any professional wrestling. Oh. He has still worked with the WWE. He has done movies. He's done like he did the resurrection of Gavin stone. Yep. He's in the new Marine six. Um, there was another, another movie. I can't remember that he was in as well. Uh, but I mean, he like, he's gone out and he's done the, these different films for them he's worked backstage he's you know working nxt as as trainer and as a mentor down there right i think that's all he really needs to do as great as it would be to see Shawn michaels back in the ring because god knows he is my favorite of all time i don't want to see him back in the ring it's just it's been too long and i'm comfortable now I'm just just getting to the point now where it's like, okay, Shawn Michaels isn't going to be wrestling anymore, and I'm I'm okay with that because I now have to find somebody new that's going to be my favorite that I need to watch for the next 20 years yeah. or 15 years or what have you. I don't want it to happen, and I, I, I sound like I'm getting emotional here because I kind of am a little bit because yep. this is you know my childhood right there. I grew up idolizing Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. all the way through grade school, high school, into my 20s. Like, everything was Shawn Michaels for me. I don't want to see him get back into the ring. Yeah, it's just, it's WWE. They feel like they just say when things are, are the, chip, the chips are down, that they always have to rely on bringing these legends back, whether it's Shawn Michaels, whether it's The Undertaker, whether it's Stone Cold, whether it's Mick Foley. As as nice as it is to see those guys around, it's been a long time, and you have all of your up-and-coming talent. Your Leo Rush, your Adam Cole, your your Kevin Owens, your... your EC3. Your EC3, your Velveteen Dream. Right. Um, you know, it's... Make use of those guys instead of having to always feel like you need to fall back on the, the default approach of, of the legends every single time. You know, that, that's you know how I kind of see this whole thing. You have all these guys that are just begging, begging to have these kind of moments. Velveteen Dream is like probably the, one of the perfect examples. Him and Adam Cole, you know, it's, it, oh, it's frustrating to see that they're still having to feel like they need to go down this path but they don't need to you have your guys right there yeah they i mean they really don't and i mean i wish that um that the wwe would maybe take more of approach of if they feel that they need to have the legends there to be able to boost a rating or get the numbers to be able to come to a show and make a draw use them in a capacity of a uh, mentorship or as a passing of the torch 
how awesome would it be to see Triple or to see The Undertaker, let's say, passing the torch to a Velveteen Dream? Mm -hmm. And then we see a Shawn Michaels or a Triple H passing a torch to an Adam Cole, right? Mm -hmm. To see those guys come into these huge, uh, big super shows that they're doing outside of North America and really endorse these younger guys that are coming up in the business, I think it would have more of an effect mm -hmm. to be able to really have a longevity of, wow, Shawn Michaels just gave his uh, uh, kudos to this person as opposed to, you know, having Shawn Michaels in a match, yeah, right? Because we're going to have the longevity of Shawn Michaels endorsed to this guy. Now I need to continue to watch this guy for the next, you know, 10 years as he goes up the ranks. Yeah. These guys just don't need to steal the spotlight anymore. They don't. They've had their moment and the moments were fantastic. Anything now I feel just maybe could potentially ruin those legacies, you know, and then, and that's where the real kind of problem <laughs> happens, right? So they could go out there and quite honestly, they could get hurt or some horrible botch could happen. Maybe a kick to the head from the wrong person or something. That's a whole other topic that we didn't even get to this week. In the words of another legend and somebody who I have been a fan of for a long while, in the words of Mick Foley, all they're doing here is getting a cheap pop. Very well put. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and hear from some of our friends, and then we're going to come back with our showstopper segment for this week. All right. Big Joe of thegorillaposition.com and the Roar Network here with a very important message. If you're hearing this right now, this prime piece of real estate can be yours. That's right. Your product, service, show, or whatever you need to bring attention to can be done right here on this very podcast or any of our shows here on the Roar Network. But that's not all. A host of other sources can also be yours. Communications, news releases, video editing and production, any number of public relations and marketing services are available for the asking. Contact us at thegorillaposition1 at gmail.com today to find out how we can help you grow your audience, your booking, your attendance, and your business. Hello and welcome. My name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. What's up, guys? This is the standard Dusty Gold here. We are going to set the standard in Canada, in the U.S., all over the world. Let's do this together. Let's raise the bar, set it high, crush that gold. You're listening to the J and K podcast. Stay tuned. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafell here back on the JK podcast. Hey guys, we are back and we have our showstopper. Yes. This week, Carl. We are going to talk about how we used to watch wrestling and how is the, it has evolved and how we kind of go about watching it now. So do you want to start off uh, first with how you used to watch? I think uh, both of our ways are kind of similar. Um, I know that I would watch it usually on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, 
I would try to catch it, you know, on, on the Monday or, you know, on the, I, I, you know, whenever they had it going on Sundays, they had like Sunday night heat and stuff like that, which was a little bit earlier before bedtime. Right. So, I mean, I would try to catch a little bit of it then, but Saturday, um, was always a day of professional wrestling. I guess you could say there was always, uh, you know, something that, that was in the morning when you're eating your breakfast. Yep. And then after that came right into professional wrestling for like five hours, six hours. Yeah. And I mean, that's really how I used to back in the day, watch professional wrestling. Yeah, for me, and I'm going to really probably kind of date myself by by saying this, but for me, it really started out watching, well, like very much like you on Saturdays, watching Saturday morning cartoons when they were really good. You know, your Bugs Bunny and Twinkie shows, your Batman, the animated series, Gargoyles, uh, Ghostbusters, and all that kind of cool stuff. And then, well, first of all, I'd be watching, what I started first watching on was I had a little... I guess you can call it Ghetto Blaster, but like a little stereo. It had a radio and cassette player. Yep. And it also had a built-in four-inch black and white screen on it. That was my oh. that was my TV, and I and I would watch that. And then wrestling would come on, kind of uh, late morning, early afternoon. Yeah. And that's how I would I really first started kind of watching. And, you know, the very first uh, wrestler I ever saw was of course uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And uh, but yeah, watching it like that—that's uh, how I used to consume my wrestling content. And then it kind of morphed into, you know, when the Attitude Era came around, and we would watch it. And then it's what would get talked at while we we're at school, and you know, sometimes it would happen on the way to school, trying to reenact moments and matches and whatnot, body slamming each other into snowbanks. Oh yeah, we're being Canadian, <laughs> so you know that, that's how it kind of used to be, you know. And boy, has it changed. <laughs> Yeah, 100% it has. I mean, back when we were younger, we it, it was just kind of the starting and the beginning of the interwebs and, and the online world that's out there. So there really wasn't a lot of content that was out there uh, when it came to professional wrestling out oh. on, on online and on the internet, right? So, I mean, we would VCR. Right. This is dating us, but back, you know, times of VCR, I would set my VCR to tape and to record Monday Night Raw. And then, um, you know, I would I would set it to hopefully be able to catch the later Raw Mm -hmm. because I would tape WCW Monday Nitro first because it didn't have a replay. Mm -hmm. Raw always had a replay here at midnight. Yep. So it would, you know, set to record that. And then any other show or program that was out there have dealing with professional wrestling, whether it was a Sunday Night Heat or whether it was a Velocity or any of those uh, older shows that they used to have, I would set a VCR to tape. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I would watch back in the day. You know, it would be Saturdays when I was really young. And then as I kind of got older and, you know, this newer technology kind of came out and I was able to figure out how to set the clock on the VCR so that it wasn't flashing 12 all the time. (laughs) I learned how to set things to record as well. So I would do that. I would set everything to to, to record at the different times. And then we would pass the tapes around Mm -hmm. even, right? So if somebody had raw and you didn't get to see it, well, here, dude, take this, go home, watch it. Right. And then it was always, you know, and, and that was that that was the way for a lot of people. I mean, lots of people were like mailing, like through snail mail. They they would send the, the tapes, tape days, you know, yeah. tape tape trading, right? And but I mean, coming now to today, I mean, they're online gives you absolutely 
everything that you want when it comes to professional wrestling. Yeah, really going from, you know, like I mentioned to me as a kid, you know, and a lot of times not even knowing if it was being aired live or if it was in syndication or if it was just taped. Didn't know, didn't really care at that point. And then now, like, you know, with the uh, internet and everything being streamed and everything now, it's, uh, it's, there's some definitely some good and some bad stuff there. You know, it's, um, it's made it so convenient to watch now, but, um, you know, yeah, it's uh, the experience has completely changed. You know, with the occasional with uh, WrestleMania one now, you know, we'll sit down, you know, or ha- have multiple people together to watch. But uh, you know, even that seems to be happening less now with just like everything being streamed now. Yeah, with everything you being know? streamed and everything really readily available at any time, whether you know, e- even like a WrestleMania, as soon as WrestleMania is over, it's like right there on the network, like in like twenty minutes later, you can go and yep. you know watch it back right on the wwe network mm-hmm. um and I, I you know things are starting to kind of go that way with the ring of honor uh, honor club yep. um one as well with the new japan pro uh streaming service right um hopefully soon we kind of see some more stuff start to happen with uh, the global wrestling network yes. right with yep. gwn we start to see that kind of build up as well and it's still in its starting stages but that's the way everything seems to be going is online streaming service. It's almost like it's kind of come full circle to where, you know, we used to watch it almost it was more like kind of like a solitary kind of experience. And then, you know, it became more of like getting to other to, to watch WrestleMania. But now it feels like it's coming back again to, it's just like a solitary experience, you know, not so much of watching it together as a group, which frankly, I kind of missed that part of that. I do too. And I mean, it's hard trying to get everybody together to kind of kind of do that like i mean i i remember pay-per-views was always you know everybody let's come together at one person's house and everybody pitch in 20 bucks and then that's going to pay for the pay-per-view which was like 60 dollars <laughs> in standard definition standard wow and then you know it, it helped to pay for pizza and helped to pay for you know chips and pop and and all of this stuff you know and then we would all we would all be ordered and come to the house and we would all be able to sit there together as a collective group and watch professional wrestling uh but you're right things are kind of more going to you know sitting at home in front of the you know the computer or or the television depending on how you know the different devices that you have whether you've got a chromecast or things just set right to your television and and watching that way and then discussing it afterwards yeah and promotion specific you know i definitely find that you know, it comes to WWE's content. I would say, you know, outside of WrestleMania, because um, there's usually at least a few of us watching that uh, kind of together. But for the weekly content and some of the other pay-per-views, it's almost kind of like it's on, you know. But you know, I'll get up and all. It's kind of more or less kind of almost like in in the background when it comes to the WWE now. Yeah, with Ring of Honor, like I'll sit down and I'll I'll, I'll watch a whole episode mainly because. A, it's only an hour long. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I just the, their approach, I can watch it more of a fan and not tear it apart like I do WWE. So that's another thing that's that's very much changed for me. Before I used to watch when it was WWF, um, I'll be able to just watch as a fan. But now it's, I, I find whenever I watch their content, I'm ripping it apart and, and yeah. not getting the enjoyment out of it. <laughs> and with everybody else, I, I seem, seem to 
it not be that way. So that's been the big change for me is that switching more from being a WWE specific fan to seeing everything else that's out there and just finding myself enjoying that so much more now these days. Definitely. I mean, it's, I don't know whether it's because it's too long or because of what's really happening on the WWE programming, but yeah, I mean, more and more people are finding themselves enjoying Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan as opposed to, you know, the WWE. Yep, and as we mentioned earlier on the episode with All In and the show happening at Madison Square Garden, selling out already before we even really know kind of what's going on. Yeah. It's very, very telling about what we just said there. Very much so. All right, Carl, I think that's a good way to end off the episode this week. So let's uh, tell everybody about our social media and where they can find us. Social media, we have three different platforms available for you. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us on all three of those by searching at JK Podcasts. Mm-hmm. And of course, to find us, you can find us on Podbean, on Google Play Music, on Google Standalone Podcast app, which there was a few issues with it recently, but that's been fixed. And iTunes and all those other podcatchers. And of course, you can find us on the Gorilla Position as part of the Roar Network, along with all of our other shows, Going Home with Ryan and Mike, The Average Marks, The Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, The Tapped Out Guys. And I think that about rounds everybody up. I, I think so. Got anybody? Right I do apologize. <laughs> And there might possibly be some more content coming as well, because I think the goal with that Roar Network is to have wrestling podcast content for you guys every single day of the week. Yes. All right. That is a good way to end things off, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of the TheGorillaPosition.com, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast.